0: Hello, welcome to The Big Scuba Show.
1: Hi, my name is Claire Ginner. I'm the Head of Inspiration and Impact at the Two Minute Foundation, and I'm here on The Big Scuba Podcast with Gemma and you.
2: Today's episode is sponsored by Knocked at 90, so let's find out a bit more about them. Narked at 90, their tagline has been beyond technical, which describes them pretty well. John Routley and Brent Hudson launched the company over 20 years ago. They are both technical divers who have logged thousands of mixed gas dives between them over a 30-year period. Using their engineering know-how and diving expertise have developed bespoke personal, commercial and military diving equipment and products of a universally recognised unparalleled calibre.
0: Their ability to be adaptive and versatile with their developments led them to support the NHS during COVID, using their superior knowledge of breathing and oxygen monitoring systems to help develop emergency ventilators. They also design and supply the sneaky stuff used by defence-based development groups throughout the Western world, although they can't tell us much about that. If you're thinking of moving across to tech diving or completely new to diving, NARC.90 at ninety can advise and guide on the best equipment and setup for your personal or commercial requirements. NARC.90 at ninety have unparalleled experience of shearwater dive computers and are the longest-serving and sole in UK European service centre for those. They are happy to offer technical support, servicing. Repairs and upgrades to all Shearwater computers, past and present. Narced at 90 stock Shearwater computers, but are also stockers and technical support centre for many other manufacturers, including Divesoft, JJCCR, Hollis, Revo and Kiss Rebreathers.
2: Based centrally in the UK, Narkt at 90 also offer full rebreather head servicing for selected manufacturers.
0: Bespoke cable assemblies.
2: Advice on specific fitting requirements.
0: Suggestions and guidance for home builds.
2: Computer laser cutting and engraving.
0: Pressure testing to simulate 400 metre dives.
2: So Narkt at 90, a reputation built on supporting both manufacturers and divers worldwide.
0: Go to narktat 90com and make sure you are following their social media to keep up to date with their latest news and offers.
2: Knocked at 90, large enough to cope, small enough to care.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. My name is Ian. I am coming at you from Bungie. Um, we are here uh, together, as you can hear, my co-host is with me. And we are on episode 150.
2: 150. Yep. Yeah. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Is. It? it is, it yeah. is. Pretty good. For just over three years old.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, how awesome is that? And 130 countries so far.
2: Yeah, I think it's slightly more than that now. Yeah, so
0: uh, we are slowly claiming the planet as well, we ours.
2: We are, yeah. Under
0: the name of the big scuba.
2: World domination.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All step, well, Spunky for you and you know is, <laughs> the center of the
2: universe i've always yeah. said it's the center
0: of the universe
2: it's sunny in bungy it certainly so.
0: is uh i well, say so thank you very much for downloading this episode thanks for listening uh what's the, what are we about we are about talking to divers uh we like to have a chat with people who have got something about the water particularly divers uh free divers People yeah who... artists
2: people that in some way are connected to the underwater world or the watery world
0: yeah yeah i'm a dive master oh i just hit the mic and you um, are fairly new to diving yeah you? You're saying that you've been diving now a couple of years
2: yeah 60 odd dives and yeah it's quite new we don't get to dive sort of every week um it's we try and dive monthly don't we yeah okay yeah, because um, we we've got lives outside of Scuba diving,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's all about balance.
2: Balance, so. yes, and being happy. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. Actually, you you've had a um, uh, f- you know, uh, thing with your dad this. Last yeah. couple of weeks, haven't you? We? So we weren't going to be diving last weekend, weren't we?
2: Yeah, we were planning on a trip to Stony to do our first full face mask yeah. dive, but unfortunately, Dad had a bit of an accident, so he's been in hospital for. But he's on the mend. He is, yes. So, but I'd rather be close to home uh, while he's in hospital. Yeah. So, yeah. But we're planning on diving in the next couple of weeks, hopefully on a weekend. Aren't yeah, we? that'd be
0: good. Think we would get back in the water and look forward to
2: it. Yeah, I'm excited <sighs> to get in with a full face mask.
0: I look forward to getting in uh, with. Potentially a wetsuit, really, actually. Not far <laughs>
2: off. Sunshine's in the UK. And every... I like my
0: dry suit, but I also like diving in a wetsuit as well.
2: Mm. Yeah. So it's quite nice. I bet if you drive down the street now, there'll be people in shorts and strappy tops because sun shining. <laughs> I thought you was
0: going to say about walking down the street in a wetsuit. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know bungeekeeping can be a bit odd at times, but, you know, that would be a little bit strange. Yeah, but don't you think when Bungie? the
2: sun comes out, people just suddenly. Assume right. that it's 25 degrees, and yeah, that's England for you. I it? know it's funny, that.
0: that's what we do because we have very little of it
2: as we so sit, just... sitting on our shorts. Absolutely, so, yeah. it's
0: got to be
2: done, yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> episode 150. So, we've got a um, uh, <coughs> lovely lady who's coming on uh, to talk to us about two minute foundation, yeah,
2: Claire Jinner, yeah. So, and she's based down in Cornwall, Devon, oh, in Bude, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, why did I think that surname was Ginger? I don't know.
2: Gina Is it spoke Ginger? No, without a G. That's not
0: bu- <laughs> <laughs> Who remembers? Um, oh, what's that TV show with Bucket and Miss Bouquet?
2: Uh, keeping up appearances. Yeah. Yeah. Where is this going now? Well, I'm just thinking, <laughs> is that actually spelt ginger? No, it's ginner. Apologies, Claire. <laughs> Sorry. Where are recording? Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we're talking to uh, Claire about Two Minute Foundation, and we're hoping to try and uh, win talks with the organisers of the uh, River Cleanup in Norwich to try and marry something up yeah. so yeah. we can do something round about end of June time as a river clean, roughly when there's a special thing going on with the two-minute cleanup.
2: Yes, and when you listen to the conversation with Claire, there's a special weekend coming up where they're um, celebrating Two Minute Foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, look out for that. Um, So apart from that, that's kind of been about it, really, isn't it, from our front? We
2: have got on the paddle boards, sea lion boards. So we went out yesterday and I went out a couple of weeks ago and had a nice paddle so really liking the sea lion boards yeah so if you want to take a look go to sea lionboards.com and if you fancy getting your paddle board ready for the summer because it's such a um sunny day yeah <laughs> then you use the big scuba code and yeah. you get a decent discount
0: yeah that's right and also uh honey's still learning um still going through her journey with diving and uh, doing really well and uh, not long to go before her own no, water
2: months isn't it nearly
0: yeah so i'm sorting some thermals out with her um for her for um keep her warm in a th- dry suit
2: yeah get her kitted out so that's good mm, yeah. yeah yeah we had a little session in the pool um i had my full face mask on and actually it had a bit of a Leak on one of the connections, so luckily, John Osmond has had a look at it to and the rescue. He did, yes, yeah, took it all did to bits. <laughs>
0: John's the rescue.
2: Yeah, so, um, hopefully, that's all sorted now. He's so. made a
0: good Thunderbird, wouldn't he?
2: Mm.
0: Thunderbirds, are go. Do you remember Thunderbirds? I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so uh right. So we get this guest on.
2: Yes, yeah, so Claire Jenner, she's head of impact and inspiration. Not Inspir- Ginger. <laughs> Listen. She's head of impact and inspiration at Two Minute Foundation and she is so enthusiastic about the cause and just about the ocean. She and is. Yeah, it's really um really good conversation. Well, really so yeah, it.
0: we had a good chat with her, so uh look forward to this.
2: Yep, so if you're in Bude, go and pay her a visit, but um, you'll hear that they've got cleaning stations on lots of beaches around the UK as well. And this
0: is a good thing about things like this, isn't it? Is you know you get and somebody gets an idea, and then other people pick up and go, hey, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's do that. And you know little things, all of a sudden just then sprout, and then that gets further, you know, around the country.
2: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, have a listen, and hopefully now the weather's a lot brighter. People get out on the beaches doing.
0: Or litter beach,
2: picks. Yeah, litter picks. Yeah, and you don't have to be on a beach to litter pick either. You just take care of uh, your, no, your, definitely
0: not.
2: <laughs> your local area. Um, every We all see litter, especially like on the roads. That's It's part of our daily life, isn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah, it
2: is unfortunate. So, but yeah, listen to Claire know from Two Minute Foundation. Right,
0: let's do it. Let's get her on. Hi there, guys. Hello.
2: Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. Right. How you. How
0: are
1: you? I'm well, thank you.
0: Right. So, Claire, from the Two Minute Foundation, you've got two minutes to tell us about yourself. Go.
1: Ah, About myself. Okay, so I currently work uh, for an environmental charity. I've spent my entire career really working in environmental conservation around the world. I've been very, very fortunate to work all over the place and be inspired by our amazing oceans. And uh, when I came back to the UK, I thought it's time that we protect our own patch you know I've spent many years overseas protecting coral reefs etc and lovely little islands and I thought no it's time to sort of you know take it home and uh, so now I live in bude in Cornwall and I uh, spend most of my days at the beach whether that's for work or for pleasure <laughs> a bit of both and uh, yeah that's that's me in a 90 second Nutshell. Well
0: done.
2: (laughs) That was brilliant. Yeah. So you mentioned, obviously, you've been in the marine world. Um, So how did you start out? Well, scuba diving, Let's.
1: Yeah, so I uh, had a gap year. Back in those days when everyone was having gap years before university, I was one of those. I actually never intended to go to university. So for me, it was just a one-way ticket overseas. Um, And on my wanderings, I was in Mozambique and I learned to dive there. And it was phenomenal. And looking back, you know, when you're like, How was that somebody's first experience of diving? Like that should not be allowed. Um, I remember on like my second open water dive, I was doing my paddy open water. And on the second one, we saw a whale shark and then we saw a manta. But obviously at that point of diving, you kind of don't understand how big of a deal that is. It's only like 15 years later that you're like, I still haven't seen another whale shark, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I learned to dive while I was traveling and then dived loads in Africa at that point as well. Um, then I went to university and then throughout all of my summers, I spent the summers traveling again. Uh, I get really, really itchy feet if I'm in one place for too long. And um, so then dived all over Southeast Asia. And that's where I ended up sort of working pre- predominantly after university. So at university, I studied sustainable development in coastal communities. A bit of a mouthful. For my dissertation, I worked in Indonesia to gather some research uh, on an island island. Um, of St. so I was working there with a uh with a fishing community really to understand what was going on with their reefs so my interest with the marine has always kind of been the anthropological side you know how are the communities interacting with their marine space mm-hmm. I met my partner at university and he's a marine biologist so we then traveled the world together and he would do the sciencey bits and I would go in and speak to the village chiefs and do the, the community and the education side so it was a really really lovely kind oh, of way of traveling together it was amazing and we had these incredible experiences because we were kind of like look, we're a package deal but this is what you can get from us and it <laughs> worked really really well so um yeah so then we sort of spent five or six years wandering around the world and doing that kind of thing uh, came back for a couple of years to the UK and again got those itchy feet so went off again and spent some more time in Indonesia and worked over there for a while and uh just diving all the time really mm-hmm. and then when we came back to England to settle settle uh, about five years ago we started slowly to get into uk diving so where i am in viewed we've got an amazing uh BSAT club the view dive club and they go out all the time around here so we've joined that and I'm slowly getting the the winter gear haven't quite got the dry suit yet so i'm still a bit of a fair, fair weather diver in the uk waters um but yeah looking forward to getting out a bit more this summer as well
0: brilliant and uh, on the south coast, you get, um, I think mostly your currents are mostly war- warmer than what we get on our coast.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I'm actually in Viewed, which is the north coast of Cornwall. So we're right on the Gulf Stream. So we get really warm water compared to the rest of Cornwall and Devon, which is really nice. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is more temperate. But I think the thing that we have to contend with most here in Butte and around is the waves, because, you know, you might get perfectly still week where you get you're in every day dive 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 and then you get another 15 foot swell for a few days and it kind of ruins it all so you kind of have to take take it when you can you know and make the most of it when it's when it's flat calm yeah yeah yeah.
0: so when do you um so your diving window would run from when would you say
1: um (laughs) from as soon as i'm brave enough to don the semi dry (laughs) and give it a shot i think last year the first time we got in was early july and okay. then the last time we got in was early October. So we had sort of July or okay. September, a bit of October. So three or four months. But... Similar to us, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, really.
2: Yeah. But visibility is our issue uh, on yeah. our coast. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you're probably, yeah, a lot more lucky with what you've got there.
1: Yeah, there's some really, really sheltered spots. And actually, the dive club go out year round. There were people diving last week somewhere in Cornwall down south somewhere. And, mm. you know, so there are spots. I just haven't quite got the dry suit part of my, my brain engaged. Are you going to? I will. Yes, I'm with. Re- I'm super excited to. Yeah, I just. Yeah. Uh, I will. I absolutely. Will. Have you been just, around for for suits? I haven't. I haven't even got that far yet. I need yeah. to. Uh, it's just a big investment, isn't it? And it it's, is. uh, it's it's a super exciting step on the journey, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it and learning a new skill because you know with diving, although it's constantly evolving and you're constantly learning, you're never ne- at this stage. You don't really learn new skills. Yeah. You know, you've kind of learned your skills. You've, you've done your 500 dives or whatever. Like, you know what you're doing. So it's actually yeah. quite exciting to then be a student again and get in a pool with a dry suit and get your buoyancy all wrong and figure it out. I'm quite looking forward to making a bit of a thought of myself, really. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, so have you done any inland sites in the UK? No. Yeah. I will. I will, I promise. I really will. <laughs> I'm so
1: excited to. Um, so this is the first year that I've really got more involved with the local dive club here. So for the last couple of years, I've been sort of dipping my toe in, and um, this year, I've just done my IFC, actually, with BSAC so I can start instructing as well. So right. um, I've done that crossover to make it all a little bit sort of better for the club. I can support the club; they can support me, and hopefully, yeah. I'll get in the get in the sea a little bit more. And in, I don't, I really want to do some of the quarries. They all sound amazing. I just, I just uh, need to do it.
0: <laughs> I, I'm guessing that um, where you live, you're, you're only a short drive from the coast. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's about a 15 minute walk to the beach. So wow.
2: yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah. yeah yeah yeah. it's really good good. and it's a nice time of year now because you know summer's around the corner and beach life yeah
1: yeah and this is actually like my favorite time because at the moment we get those really sunny days I I, I don't think so my mum lives in Essex and she tells me that the weather there is very different than here so (laughs) forgive me (laughs) (laughs) me for rubbing in but we get really really sunny days at this time of year and there's nobody around so you get those lovely kind of really quiet days at the beach that you just have it to yourself but it feels like summer you get chucked out of the wind and it's actually quite warm and it's it's yeah. all lovely and sunny and blue skies and but the tourists haven't quite arrived yet so you can kind of feel like it's your own special paradise for a little bit longer. <laughs>
2: <Nice>. <laughs> yeah it must be such a contrast to being you know all the experience you've had abroad in amazing places and then you come back to the UK with its own you know its attractions as well is not yeah. it? Yeah
1: yeah and it's discovering that you know it's so lovely and I think it took me a couple of years to sort of get that in my head that you know because I have been to some amazing places and dived and it, to me it was like oh it's it's not a dive if there's not a shark you know. Or, or, I got quite complacent I guess with what my my I guess my, my border was like if yeah. it's not going to be 30 meters visibility it's not worth my time kind of thing. Um, I'm kidding, I was never, I'm not like even being a brat about it, but I kind of had that in my head and it's actually taken a couple of years for me to realise that what we've got in the in the oceans here in the UK is phenomenal yeah. and it needs to be explored and I need to be in there exploring it, like I'm obsessed with nudies and they are everywhere around here, you just have to, you know, believe that they're there and look a bit harder because they don't hit you in the face, you know, and yeah. um, and I think I think that's the same for a lot of people that I've spoken to about diving in the UK, you know, they don't understand what's there until they're in it looking at it. And then they kind of go, Well, mind blown. This is as good as anywhere in the world on its day. And then um, yeah, it's it's so you
0: need to go further up north a little bit and then get yourself onto Lundy Lundy divers and go and have a dive at Lundy Island. Awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah I
0: know. All that. You're, you're gonna love that. And yeah, you know, I really have a wetsuit in the summer easily. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. on my bucket list. Don't worry right. that, and the, I want to do a dive with blue sharks this year as well, down south oh, yeah. yeah. So I've got a, I've got a little bucket list of UK dives to tick off in the
2: next in the next little while. And we have spoken to some guests that have you know real passion for the UK and everything it has to offer. And I think you know people just don't realize they dismiss it quite quickly because they are blue water, warm water divers. But the wildlife that we have, you know, blue sharks. That's amazing. And I know. Sharks. I know.
1: Oh, I am so excited to get more into it and become more of an advocate for it because you know mm. if anyone talks to me about diving I will rattle on for ages about nudies and sharks and whale sharks etc but I don't often talk about lobsters and crabs and the seaweeds we've got here and actually yeah. that's that's so important and so cool like we've got the most amount of spe- species of seaweeds of anywhere and they're all really exciting and we've got the seals that come and play and There's so many fun things under there, and you can see them all snorkeling as well, which is even better for those who can't access diving. The snorkeling around here is incredible. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, I guess, being educated a bit more on it
2: and experiencing it for myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And we're an island at the end of the day. And we all live on an island and we should, yeah, be so much, have so much passion for our coastlines because it is so, so, so important. It really is. And, you know,
1: I spend my days talking about the beaches and the coastlines and the importance of protecting our oceans. And I don't necessarily go into the oceans, well, mm-hmm. under the oceans here, but I'm changing it. It's it's going to be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Ask me yeah. in a year. I'll come back in a year and I will be like flying the flag for <laughs> British diving. <laughs> yeah.
0: So shall we, um, so that's kind of dive, but should we talk a little bit about, you know, the two minute foundation, mm. um, and how you got into it and a bit more about you know what that actually is and what that means um because i get you you encourage companies to um sponsor events and things
1: yeah well we kind of do everything so the two minute foundation is a charity started out as just a non-profit and then in 2019 became a charity um and it all started about sort of 10 years ago and our founder a guy called Martin. He'd gone into the sea for surf, came out of the sea, the beach was littered with plastic bottles. And he was like, this is crazy. Like we need to do something about this. So he had a bit of a following on Twitter. He was an author. So he already had a little bit of a following and he just put a tweet out there that said, you know what guys, this sucks. I'm gonna do a two minute beach clean. And he used it as a hashtag for the very first time. And it kind of went bonkers from there and it snowballed. And this people grabbed onto this hashtag of two minute beach clean. And that's really where it all started. So sort of fast forward a year and then all these people were around the country doing their two-minute beach cleans and talking about it on, in, on the internet, which was great. And then Martin thought, well, we need to give them sort of a tool, something tangible to help them with this. And that's when he created the A-frame stations. Some of you might have seen them around the coasts. They're little like sandwich boards. They've got litter pickers in them and some bags. Um, there's 1,100 of them around the coastlines now. They are everywhere. You can't really go to your local beach without falling over one. They're brilliant. They're everywhere. Um so those stations then became our kind of I guess our way of getting those people that were maybe hesitant to do beach cleaning to make it easy and say, Well look, you don't need to have a bag, just turn up at your beach and there'll be some there provided for you. Yeah. Um so you so see fast forward, you know, another six or seven years, that's where we're at now. So we've got the two minute beach clean campaign that is going madly well all over the world. People are doing two minute beach cleans, which is brilliant. We then moved that inland and made a two-minute litter pit campaign. So now we're sort of trying to bridge that gap between that disassociation between what happens in the middle of the country as to what happens at our coastlines. Um, We've got a two-minute solutions campaign, which is all about simple things that people can do in their own days to sort of improve their space around them, their mental health around their space around them and their relationship between the two. Um, and it's going mad. So in Bude, we've got the beach school now, which we oversee. We have people visiting us, like you say. We have corporates that come to us for days to learn a little bit about how they can maybe be more sustainable in their practices. We're going on a tour in a few weeks' time. I'm off to Northumberland for a few weeks to sort of visit everything up there. Because we're based in bude in Cornwall, mm. we're a national charity. It's very important that I sometimes leave Butte to try and, <laughs> yes. try and see people outside of Cornwall. So... Yeah. I'm going up to Northumberland, which will be great fun. Great Um, diving up there as well, the Farn Island. I know. I'm super excited. I'm definitely packing my gear. (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, yeah, so that's kind of where the two minutes at right now. And it's um, this amazing global movement and a national charity, which is fantastic. Mm. And I've kind of been involved with it from the start. So Butte's a very small town. Everyone knows everyone in Butte. Everyone knew Martin because, like I say, he had a bit of a profile. He was a slightly famous author, uh, so everyone knows who Martin was. I happened to be working at the beach cafe, at a Beach Cafe, when he came up with this idea of these stations. And he came to me and said, "Would you trial it and see if it works for us and put it outside the, the cafe, which is a great cafe, from Rosie's, right at the beach?" And so we said, "Yeah, sure, we'll give it a shot." We don't think anyone's going to use it, but yeah, sure. And we just kind of monitored whether it was being used, and it was being used, and it was amazingly successful. So it was from there, really, that then he went mad with it I then joined in 2020 as an employee so
2: I've been with them for three years what year are we in? three years yeah. yeah so how many people are actually employed by the foundation there's nine of us mm. yeah two yeah.
1: three ish full-time and then the other's part time yeah. yeah yeah
0: that's
1: it's really good, good. Yeah. yeah that's amazing All
0: yeah. started the one hashtag
1: yeah yeah it started from just one guy going you know what we need to do something and just putting so it out it there
0: so it takes. All it
1: takes that's all it takes and i think that's what sort of what people really have got into with two minutes is that we're not asking you to commit to loads of time we're not asking you to commit to loads of money we're just asking you to do a tiny bit if you can mm. and who can't do that you know two minutes is such a small amount of time and you know it's it's a metaphor two minutes isn't it we're not saying you yeah. need to do 120 seconds and when it gets to that you stop you know it's yeah. it's it's an analogy it's a, it's a kind of way of saying if you've just got a spare few seconds do a little bit take a little bit of responsibility and have a go yeah
2: and it's great you're bridging the gap from the coastal side of things to street cleans and bringing it inland so you know you it kind of spreads the message even further than other than coastlines
1: yeah it does and actually we found it's hard isn't it when you're sort of when you are coastal and you see the effects of plastic pollution or climate change or sea level rise, whatever it is that you're seeing on a day-to-day basis, it's hard to fathom that other people don't see that. And it's only when you remove yourself from your bubble, which is, you know, natural. The bubble that you surround yourself with is people with similar interests or similar experiences to you or similar locations. So they all know these things too. And when you remove yourself from that and you talk with someone from a completely different bubble, it's only then that you realize not everyone knows what's happening at our coastlines or not everyone understands that their actions there affect what's happening there and not everyone knows why sharks are important and it's only kind of when you really take a step back and think about it and ask those people that you realize the disconnect i think because you know living in cornwall every or even you know i grew up in essex so again right on the coast there You kind of, you know the sea. You know what tides do. You know that the cockles are going to be there at certain times. You understand it. It's it's intrinsic. It's part of you. But if you don't have that, you don't have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So I've got some questions for you, which come to, because some of my job is actually litter picking. Great. Part of my my job. And um, uh, it's one of my areas, and I can't say uh, who the client is, is a particularly bad area.
1: Okay.
0: Um on the it's not your side of the country it's on the opposite side of the country. Okay. And um and it's an area where I feel that you we don't make much increase in making it, the area better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and I've spoke to the uh, the owners of the site and they've asked me about what they can do and things like that and I've said to them you know we cannot do it on our own it's a community thing um because the whole areas uh needs you know if all we can do is pick the litter up on one little bit but somebody comes along and empties a bin uh, an hour later right where you've just cleared up that's kind of the mentality and the education needs to come into it And it's kind of like, it's really good hearing what you're doing, but how do you get people like the councils involved to say, you know, to get them to say right, we need to do more? Because there's certain areas of the UK um, are not great, you know, Mm -hmm. for this. And I work in one of them, and um, I really don't think I can name it. Um, And somehow, you can't get the council involved to do it and you can't it, we can't do it on our own because yeah. it's too big you know it's
2: banging you feel like you're banging your head against the brick wall yeah. it's, it's yeah. There's no improvement and it's how that gap is bridged yeah it's really really hard and it is a mindset thing
1: and there's nothing you can do or say to some people and at some point you kind of just have to go you know what i'm not going to win this battle and then you move on to one that you can win um but you're right councils they kind of shoot themselves in the foot because we have some councils that are mega supportive because mm-hmm. so i do travel around the uk doing these doing lots of events etc and to do an event on a beach you have to get permission from the landowner so often more often than not i have to bring the council and say i would like to come and do a beach clean this is what i'm going to do here's my insurance here's my risk assessments blah 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 is yeah. that okay eight times out of ten no worries, thank you so much for coming, that's brilliant, yes, great, lovely, what can we do to help? But two or three times out of 10, you'll get a, a council that will say, no, you can't come and do that. And you say, but why? Okay, fine, that's fine, I respect your decision, but why? Mm-hmm. And it's because they they always say the same thing. And they always say, we don't want people to think our beaches are dirty. So if you're advertising a beach clean, it will make people think our beaches are dirty and then the tourists mm-hmm. are so sure. How crazy is that? Yeah. it's bonkers it's absolutely bonkers and they're the occasions where you kind of have to go you know what this is a bigger conversation that needs to be had with this this isn't a one time I'm not going to change their mind right now like let's just leave that and move on and it is that education like you say that education that's missing the thing that I think the way I can sort of um I guess be okay with that because again cleaning the beaches the tide comes in the next time it's full of mess again like Mm -hmm. you know you are fighting a losing battle all the time But I think even in a council that is less responsive to what you're doing or less supportive or less proactive, should we say, the more they see people doing it and wanting it, the more they will change. It might take them 20 years. It might take 20 years of people saying, do you know what, we need to do more. Do you know what we need to do more? How could you help? Could you do Mm -hmm. with this? Maybe you could help. But every single time we ask those questions or bring that to public attention, it's going to have an impact.
0: I um I found a crisp packet um and it was twenty one years old. Nice, it. excellent, and um and it was apart from dirty, it was
2: intact, intact, yeah.
0: And yeah. Uh, I tweeted the company Walkers <clears throat> um the to say found your crisp packet twenty one <laughs> years later, and you think the amount of crisp packets I pick up during the day it is you know and there must be millions that go yeah go into landfill and, and things like that or
2: we'll just naturally get buried in yeah, yeah. 21 yeah.
0: years and it's still in good condition that's yes. how long this stuff lasts
1: yeah i mean it's another misconception that people think plastic breaks down i mean even environmentalists still talk about oh, this bottle's going to take 500 years to degrade that's false plastic cannot degrade it will not break down what it does is it breaks up So you kind of, it's the complete opposite. If you've got a plastic pot, for example, the figures, whatever, might say, that's going to break down in 500 years, but it won't. It will break up into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces. It will become microplastics. After that, it becomes a nanoplastic. Then it becomes atmospheric, and that's what we're breathing in. But it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. It doesn't disappear. It doesn't degrade. It always exists. So any piece of plastic that has ever been created in the entire history Will still exist today and in 500 years in some form or another. It does not go away. And I think that's, again, there was this sort of, you know, this big marketing campaign maybe 10 years ago when people were saying, well, plastic. Ooh, plastic might not be great. Plastic bags aren't great. Did you know they take 50 years to degrade? And for some reason, people have taken that and gone, gosh, they take 50 years to degrade. That's not true. They don't degrade. They're not going away. They're just breaking up and up and up. Yeah. You know, we're breathing it in now. We've know, it's been found in placenters, It's been found in bloodstreams. It's been found everywhere. It's, it's we're inhaling it with our, with our daily breath. So I think there's lots of misconceptions around plastic and litter um but I think it's changing like you guys might remember as well if you think sort of I don't know maybe 30 years ago there was a massive campaign from Fantastic. keep Britain tidy yeah um and that was all about not littering and now if you go out and about you don't often see people actively littering you I do know. sometimes of course you do but you don't in the same way that you know you don't drive down the motorway and everyone's tossing things out their car like they were 30 or 40 years ago you know that massive marketing campaign then that was again just a few environmentalists that were going hey let's not litter anymore and everyone thought it was mad and it's taken sort of this long this 30 years for the majority of the population to take that on and it's the same when the plastic bag charges came in I mean I remember that happening I guess I was maybe about 10 ish I think I was quite young when that happened so it was maybe 20 odd years ago 15 20 years ago and when that plastic bag came in everyone was like this is ridiculous and they were still paying for 20 carrier bags every time they went to Sainsbury's or Tesco's yeah. because you just you couldn't do your shop without a plastic bag but now no one does that anymore it's just it takes a generational change or a really long time to bring those things into effect and it all starts with someone having an idea and putting Gosh. their hand up and saying this isn't okay we need to do something about it so I kind of feel like that a little bit with the councils. Just keep on going, Mm. all of us collectively, keep on showing that we're not okay with littering, that we are going to keep on picking it up. And 20 years down the line, those councils will, you know, they'll catch up with the ones that are already being really proactive about it. If we're
2: all on the same journey, we're just at different points of it. Yeah, and it is a timeline. You know, I live near the beach and you do see members of the public just doing a litter pick of their own accord and you know they're regulars and you see them always and you think well that's really good and hopefully that's a bit contagious and will yeah. make somebody else think yeah oh I'm yeah. gonna get my litter yeah. picker and you yeah know, exactly
1: that like we often refer to litter picking as a gateway drug for you and for others because you know you you'll do a litter pick someone will see you doing it and I'll go oh maybe I shouldn't just drop my crisp packet here because that guy would just have to come along and pick it up maybe I'll go put it in the bin and then they might you know start thinking about their habits and the same for you as a beach cleaner or a litter picker you start by just maybe picking up a couple of bits if you see it then you might go out and do a five minute one then you'll be doing an hour-long volunteer let's do an organized litter pick and then before yeah. you know it you're trying to live a plastic free life and you've got your coffee cup and your water bottle and then you become yeah. really into it it's a little bit It breaks the way in. But you're right. The more people that see people doing it, it normalizes it and they will start to change their habits. So I think it's so easy to feel demoralized with litter picking and beach cleaning. It's so easy. But you've just got to hold on to the fact that when you're doing your beach clean, someone's going to see it. And if it changes their mindset or if they even mention to a friend, I saw a guy picking up litter the other day. Like it's that ripple effect and it actually does work. I have lost count the amount of times that people have asked me if I'm on community service or prison when I'm littering here. Like, so many times. It's crazy. But it starts that conversation, you know, and it's a fun thing. They come up to you and they're like, oh, you're doing community service? And I'm like, no, I'm doing this for fun. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just starts this conversation. And they're like, why are you littering? Well, generally for me, it's beach cleaning, so I'm normally at the beach. And it's, why are you beach cleaning? And then you start talking about plastics. And they they go, "Really? I didn't understand. I didn't know that Oh Gosh, isn't that bad? Maybe I'll go and pick this up. And... You know, it starts a conversation and that's what needs to happen. You can't can't change their habits if they don't understand why they need to. So you've got to start with the explanation. They've got to buy into the idea before they do it. If you're just told to do something and you don't know why, no one's on board. (laughs) You need to understand the reasons behind it. So having those conversations is a really important thing. And people seeing you doing a little bit is a great
2: starter for the conversation. Yeah, and it just shows communication and action is the best way to get a message across. Generally, it really is. And blame is not the way to go. No.
1: And as no. a charity, we are very careful that we don't blame or shame or name anything because we were all there once. I'm, you know, I'm sure when I was five, I dropped a bottle on the floor once. Like you just, you know, you do. You yeah. you make mistakes when you don't know better. And yeah. we, as I say, we're all on a journey. We might be quite far up one side of the journey, but other people are just starting and making sure that we're kind about that and helping and sharing our what worked what didn't and you know our stories is a really really important part of the process to get people on board Yeah. yeah
2: so how do you spread the message of the two minute foundation around the country or worldwide is it through social media Social media
1: has been really good for us. I think the timing was just so right that we had this hashtag that was a brand new baby hashtag just in, as Instagram launched and it took us with them. So yes, yeah, social media is a great way for us to spread our message because it does go global, which is amazing. But locally, we do a lot here in viewed So everyone in viewed knows who we are and what we do. We have loads of free activities all day long for kids, for adults, you know, visitors, locals, everything. And then, like I say, we do two or three of these tours every year where I actually go out and do a load of engagement in a different area. So last year I did Dorset for a month. This year we're doing Northumberland and Birmingham and and probably a few more that I haven't even thought about yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think especially at the moment, while people are actually moving away from social media for one reason or another, we are making sure that we are reaching them elsewhere. We've got a great website where people can get information. You can sign up to our newsletter. I'm on YouTube, I do loads of little videos. If you're going to the beach and need some inspiration, we've got some little two minute videos and some bigger ones and yeah, find us online basically. But we're in Butte, so you know, just come on holiday to Butte, come see us, we're at the beach, we've got a lovely shiny new office hopefully very soon at the beach because at the moment we're in a shed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey great things happen in sheds uh, Me too. That's, that's where the jet engine was invented all
2: sorts <laughs> yeah hovercraft yeah. everything isn't
0: it? yeah bouncing <laughs> bomb everything everything's yeah. all been invented in yeah. by uh people in sheds
2: well big boots <laughs> to fill there but i'll give it a try <laughs> <laughs> yeah and well it's great that that reaches a worldwide audience as well
1: it's yeah it is and it's really cool that we can monitor that and i think that's one of the bonuses of social media, you know, someone tags us in there, in it or they've done their two-minute beach clean and it's come from Australia or Hawaii or Japan or Russia. Like they, yeah. they're all over the place. It's really exciting.
2: Mm. Yeah, so what's, obviously you've got your tour for the, the rest of the year. So have you got any other um, sort of plans? For- we've got it's lots of to-
1: campaigns <laughs> in the pipeline. Yes, lots of like, like lovely campaigns. Um, and We've got Two Minute Day, which is in the middle of June. Uh, So every year we celebrate Two Minute Day. This year we're doing Two Minute Week, and it's just an excuse, really, to um, celebrate the community that we've got online and show the love to them. It's June the twenty fifth. Is that a Sunday? Oh, I haven't got. I'm going to get told off if I've got that wrong. It's about the twenty fifth. It's the Sunday, twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty fifth.
0: Maybe we could um, do something here.
1: Yes, that would
2: be amazing.
0: Because we um, we must be doing a river clean round about then.
2: Yeah, we we get involved maybe quarterly in a river clean. So we have uh, dive the river. So we've done a, we'll have a
0: word with um, Gary Champion, um, oh, yeah. cool. the, the Norwich councillors, and see whether we could maybe tie something up. Would be really good.
2: That
1: would be so cool. Yeah, yeah that's what we're encouraging everyone to do during two minute weeks to just do their two minutes and show the world and shout about what they're up to and. Spread the word and you know, give themselves a good old pat on the back because there are people that are doing these two minutes every single day around the world and they need celebrating. So uh, that's gonna be a big week for us this year. It's exciting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, and it's really encouraging to see, yeah, there's obviously all the people that collect the ghost fishing gear and you know, out at sea and you're doing your bit on the coast as well and you know, inland.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a really lovely The environmental world in the UK is really lovely because we all do work together, (laughs) and I know it sounds really cliche, but, you know, we are stronger together, so there's so many different charities and organisations working together for the same purpose, and we really do work together for that purpose, which is great. It's really, it's not through cutthroat.
0: Do you Mm -hmm. know one of our previous guests, Dave Kennard? No. Kennard.
2: Kennard, yeah. So Uh, he's Neptune's army of rubbish cleaners.
0: They're Ah. just up the road from you.
2: Uh, Oh, I mean that's quite a way up
1: the road. Wow. Across <laughs> <Just> the water. <laughs> oh, I'll have to look him up.
0: Just a, just a long, uh, just a little stroll.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they do um a lot of recovery of things like lobster pots and yeah, great. so they are divers, but it, you know, it's just amazing. You know, but their their um emphasis is what starting in their backyard. So they yeah. look after their local area and you know everything starts you know literally with what you've got on your doorstep and yeah you know then it becomes bigger and it snowballs and yeah
1: yeah that's yeah. brilliant oh I'll look him up uh, yeah, in there good old LinkedIn that'll help <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> everything's there so yeah <laughs> oh it sounds an amazing um you know charity so the best place for people to go if they want to find more about website
1: website is a great place or find us on instagram and facebook we're very active on both and twitter so yeah whatever kind of medium floats your boat um and if you're local to be just come see us yeah i can talk for hours as you can tell i'm more than happy (laughs) to talk your ear off about anything to do with oceans or plastics or (laughs) climate change anything at all what is your website
0: what's the name of your website
2: it's two minute.org right okay nice and simple (laughs) yeah we'll pop the um links in the show notes so people can click on those and then they'll appear in some of our social media stories when we promote the podcast but okay, yeah thanks. that's really good and uh, yeah, yeah people can have a look and you said about the stations so can yes. people purchase those or are they kind of donated <laughs> both really so yeah people
1: can purchase them um uh, directly you know from our website and then all the information about them is on there as well as an interactive map so they can see where their closest station is um so yeah people can donate them. uh, sorry can purchase them but if they can't afford to purchase them they can get get in touch anyway because every so often we have a big business that will come along and say they'd like to buy 10 and we can gift them to people that are on our waiting list um so you know if you're a community group and you can't quite fundraise enough or whatever but we also have loads of ideas about how you could fundraise for one if you are in a community or a village or uh, a little group that hasn't got any funds coming in so and best thing to do is just check out the website and then get in touch with any questions. But we are so eager that everyone have these stations if they want them and we will help you get one if we can.
0: OK, that's brilliant.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I just had a thought. I'm going to ask you one of our set questions. Um, OK. You can take, not diving this time, okay. you can take three people on a litter pick, or ah. beach clean on one of your two minute beach cleans. Who are you going to take and why?
1: Oh, that's a really hard one, isn't it? I was prepared for the three people taking diving question. <laughs> um, three people picking Okay, I would like to take someone who is quite, I don't know, do you know, I'd like to take a big polluter. So perhaps, you know, the CEO of, I don't want to say Coke, because it's not if they get a bad rep, they're not necessarily worse than any other, you know, big drinks company mm-hmm. but i feel like i'd like to take someone like that <clears throat> uh yeah <laughs> i'd like to take someone like that that can actually have the power to make change as well yeah. to some of the um the stuff that we find so that would be one of them i would like to take okay do you guys know what Nerdles are yes yes
2: yeah, kind yeah.
1: of it, yeah. Yeah. yes I'm, i'll just show this up to the camera in case anyone doesn't oh you can't really see that can you this yeah. is a little jar of nurdles this is another little jar of Nerdles.
0: We get so, nerd- loads of them at Wolberswick.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're everywhere. These yeah. are everywhere. I'm a bit obsessed with nerdles. So these ones I picked up in about a minute at the beach yesterday. And there's 250 in there. And I would take on a litter pick the guy, the board, whoever it would be that is responsible for there being no legislation on nerdle spills. Because I think that would be really interesting for them to see just how many end up on all the beaches all the time. Yeah. so at the moment when a when a box is spilled from the back of a lorry or in a factory or anything nobody really has to declare that so there's no kind of um element of tracing what's going on with them and these are the biggest threat that we've got in our oceans today in my opinion um you know fish think they're food they fill up their tummies they smell like food they look so like where food. do they come from so these are pre-production plastics. so anything that's made from plastic starts its life as a nurdle so if you are in a factory and you want to make a blue plastic chair you'd get your box of blue nurdles down from the shelf melt it down and pour it into the mold of the plastic chair for example but in those factories at the end of the day obviously a few will have been spilled the cleaners come around they mop the floor they pour the mops down the uh, the drains drains lead to the sewers the sewers lead to the rivers rivers lead to the ocean so that's one way the other way is literally falling off the back of a lorry which you know they ha- it happens you might have a, a lorry spill for example and again they'll find their way into the gutters into the sewers, into the rivers, into the oceans, and then from um, from container spills as well in the ocean itself. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a crazy statistic. There's a wonderful charity called Nerval, and they, um, their latest statistic shows that 280,000 of these are spilled every second just in Northern Europe.
0: We should just probably just explain for our listeners that what you're actually holding up is a spice jar. Yes.
1: It's with, as big as my finger.
0: With bits of plastic, round little balls, which are about the size of a peppercorn. Yeah,
1: that's, peppercorn's a good one. Yeah, and lentils yeah. People often compare them to lentils. The size of a pea? No,
0: they're
2: smaller than a pea. Whole, yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've seen a lot of people on Instagram, um, like people that do beach cleans and they make uh, art out of the plastic yes. they find. And it seems like there's a lot of nerdles more on the south coast west coast is that yeah. predominantly right or would you get them in scotland because we we don't like see them uh frequently on our beaches on the east coast here no.
1: yeah they are very um there's hot spots yes and mm. the west coast west facing beaches tend to get them more all over the uk so they're the west coast of wales ireland scotland yeah. um but they are found on the east coast particularly at big river outflows um, because they travel through the rivers, so you'll often find them on river banks. And the south coast has got some of the biggest hotspots um, of anywhere, actually. So they are found most places. I mm. think I have done maybe 150 beach cleans around the country. And I think there's probably only been a handful of beaches that I haven't found one on. Mm. Um, but not in the same number that we get them here. On the, how are
0: they this? getting into the system?
1: Just
2: waste, isn't it? It's just like disposal waste. You
0: yeah, I do understand how when you've when we done uh beach cleans, say uh uh Walberswig or wherever, um, and you pick up a, a tile in square, um, mm-hmm. a divider, a spacer, spacer
2: yeah, or,
0: yeah. or, or, or uh, a, a um, a screw, uh, what do you call it? Um,
2: plug, more plug,
0: like plugs, plugs. Yeah, 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 and you think, right, so that. If you look at the cycle of that, somebody's gone to a hardware store, B&Q, other ones are available, bought that, put that in the wall, and then somewhere along the line has come out of the wall, gone to a waste tip, and then either a bird or something's picked it up, and then has dropped it on the beach, and all gone into the water. Yeah, a so cycle.
1: it is a really big cycle. The majority of stuff that we find on the beach is like wall plugs. Because they're light and they're plastic, chances are they've come in from the ocean, so they're not being necessarily started in the UK. Yeah. So, um, you know, a crisp packet and a, a drinks bottle, that's likely to have been someone that's had a picnic on the beach and just got up and walked away. But yeah. so where you're finding the nurdles, microplastics, ball plugs, um, strap webbing, bits of fishing, let, like the fisherman's kisses, the little small bits of fishing yeah. line and stuff, that's coming in from the oceans and we don't know where. So the currents bring those in from goodness knows where. There's an amazing cove right by me in viewed and we take people there all the time. And um, it's a hotspot for where different currents converge. So, yeah. I mean, in one beach clean last week, we found uh, you know uh, hundreds of things, but from 12 different countries. So you can recognize by the, the packaging on the wrappers or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So 12 different countries worth of things had ended up on this beach just on one day. I mean, like I say, we go there every week, and we clean it. We can never get it all. There's just masses of there. Masses of things there. And it's tiny things like plugs to massive things like fishing crates and everything in between. It's an amazing, amazing example of That's what the currents are doing to the waste around the world. Yeah. And, you know, it's not all from Asia either. Yeah. You know, you'd kind of understand if it was all coming from one current. But actually, we had something from Japan. We had Dubai, America, France, um, somewhere in Southern Africa. Couldn't quite determine which country and um, so you know it's coming from literally every part of the globe the currents are all moving together and then coming up through the Gulf Stream and landing on our beach
2: yeah. and
1: it's just incredible the amount of countries of waste that ends up so you know the waste that we have in the UK it's very unlikely that it's going to end up on our beaches
2: it could be ending up in France or Spain or Japan we just yeah. don't know yeah I, there's even people I've seen that uh Lego like a big container has fallen off a ship and it's full of Lego yeah. and bits of lego were all floating around the sea and then keep turning up on beaches yeah yes. i know yeah. i know and that was 21 that was years, years ago. ago we're still yeah. finding that so yeah that was 21 years
1: ago that that lego was lost lego lost at sea and we're <laughs> still finding we found a flipper last week here in Butte. like we're still finding bits from that container from that ship and there's an amazing book that's out about that if you're interested in lego lost at sea have a look at the book by tracy it's incredible Um, and it is called Lego Lost Sea. It's the most beautiful book and she has dedicated, yeah, she has dedicated like the last 20 years to collecting this Lego from around the place. And I went and saw her collection last year and it's phenomenal. Like (laughs) photographed it all beautifully as well for this book. It's so interesting. It's a real lesson in how currents have worked and yeah, it's good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. well,
2: it's an amazing thing. from just picking up litter on a beach and then we've got two currents in the sea and (laughs) wide rubbish
1: (laughs) yeah it's amazing but it's so interconnected and I think that's kind of the message to take away from this that like you say it's from picking up litter on a beach and actually it's waste that we're getting from around the world like it's everything is connected and we are at the center of that and it's for that reason it's nobody's responsibility so it makes it everyone's responsibility you yeah. know, this stuff that I was picking up at the cove yesterday from Japan, do I expect the Japanese councils to come over and pick that up? Of course not. Like they're not gonna do it. So we've Absolutely. gotta do it. It's we've we're all in this together. It's it's a collective was it problem.
0: Was there anything any of it dated?
1: Yeah, often. So yeah, most things are within the last year or two. We found a few things that are older, a couple of things that are newer, but
2: generally they're all within about a year or two. Mm, yeah. And a it lot
1: even, of
2: stuff. Yeah, it shows it's a worldwide thing. So you know, you're doing your bit in the UK but hopefully there are people you know in Japan that do yeah. that kind of yeah. a similar thing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's reciprocal We've really got to solve this together and I think that's that's really what two minute is all about that it it, it isn't one person's responsibility to do a lot. It's everybody's responsibility to do what they yeah. can and just a small bit when they can. And there's no point in having guilt about it, you know, like you, yes I couldn't do an hour-long beach clean this morning but I picked up three bits that's amazing like that's a pat on the back if everybody did that that's a huge huge thing like there's that lovely quote and I'll never know who said it originally because it's been rehashed and re-spoken about a billion times but there's a quote saying um it's only one plastic straw said one billion people I don't know if you've seen that around but it's the same in reverse, yes, you know? Oh, yeah. oh, it's only it's only three bits of plastic that I picked up. If a, if yeah. a billion people picked up three bits of plastic that day, that's 3 billion bits of plastic that yeah. aren't in the environment, you know? Aren't then going on to cause further harm and to break up into smaller and smaller pieces again that we're then breathing in, etc, etc. Cetera, et cetera.
0: It's getting the manufacturers to stop using it in the first place now because if not yeah. We're, we're, we're forever in this cycle of litter picking. And at some stage, one day we really don't want to do litter picking anymore.
1: No, God, We no. don't want to
0: do beach cleaning anymore because no. there won't be that problem.
1: Absolutely. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? And there, you know, again, if all we do is beach cleaning, then all we're going to do is beach cleaning. We need to be doing more. And that is yeah. putting pressure on the producers, the manufacturers. To look for alternatives. We know that they're out there. There are some amazing yeah. organizations now that are using alternative products. So we know that the science exists, the technology yes. exists. It's about getting it into the mainstream. And that's that comes out that comes down to us. You know, we, vote we with our know, wallets, don't we, If we can.
0: Someone someone we know um has come up with a a bag that's made out of hemp. It's a type okay. of plastic. And cool. um, but it's actually made out of hemp. It's totally um they can uh, go into recycle bins the lot
2: yeah amazing yeah. yeah yeah no it's it's it is the manufacturers as well but hopefully yeah and again you know it's all a journey so, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. so it's not going to yeah. happen overnight we know that yeah. but it is yeah. everybody you know like you said is on a journey at different stages so yeah, yeah. they are and just think about that plastic bag ban. you
1: know like that's a real yeah. example yeah. of what can happen yeah. when pressure is put on yeah. And, you know, now it's very rare that you go to Sainsbury's and see people buying those 10 plastic bags because everyone's yeah. really got the bags with them. Yeah, of course, you're all going to get caught out from time to time. You might need to buy one. You know, that's that's natural. That's you feel guilty then. <laughs> it's just... so I think you can't feel guilty because if you think you might have done that once, but 50 times you haven't needed to, you know? So you <laughs> celebrating what you can do yeah. and yeah. not worrying about what you can't do. And yeah. I think that's... That's a massive, you know, eco guilt is a real thing that goes alongside eco anxiety. People are so worried about the world that they feel guilty if they then contribute perhaps to the problems or if they have to fly or they have to buy a coffee in a coffee cup. Like don't have that guilt, Mm. just have loads and loads of respect for what you can do what you have done and what you will continue to do and celebrate those small wins. And I think that's kind of our ethos really is just take those two minutes, those small solutions, just take a couple of little steps if you can and give yourself such a big pat on the back for doing that yeah because if everyone did we would we'll be out of this situation we'll be out of this crisis so no. it's a really really important thing to do
2: yeah, yeah. no excellent yeah so another question we asked i guess if you had a billboard what would you put on your billboard to the world would it be an image a statement a video so i think i would do a video and i think it you know
1: we've spoken about this a little bit already is that there's this disconnect between what happens to your waste and how that affects the oceans. So I think I would show a video that is sort of the life cycle of that raw plug going into your wall at home. And what happens when that wall comes down? Where does that wall plug go? How does that get into the oceans? What does it do when it gets to the oceans? And how does that affect the animals that we want Mm. to see in our oceans? How does that affect us as divers? You know, there's still even loads of divers that don't really understand why plastics is a problem. You know, they're not understanding that the whale sharks and the other animals are, you know, inhaling a lot of the the microplastics that's in there. They're getting stuck in the ghost nets. So I think I would do a video about your action at your house in the middle of God knows where, anywhere, and how that journey of that product ends up at our beaches.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think. That's yeah, good.
1: yeah, very powerful. Yeah,
2: yes. I hope so
1: really good if anyone's out there wants to
2: you know fund that
1: you're a national charity with very limited yeah. funding but
2: i reckon we can make a great video <laughs> exactly. well you've definitely got the enthusiasm there and uh, that is halfway to everything enthusiasm <laughs> and positivity yeah
0: <laughs> well it's been brilliant and uh, it's been awesome to have you on um you know it's been absolutely brilliant a great message to uh you know, uh, to tell our listeners yeah. really, to get yeah. out there and do a two-minute beach clean.
2: Yeah, it's really yeah, do it simple, isn't it? And it's just yeah. two minutes and every little counts.
1: It really does. And you can do it anywhere. If you're not near a beach, you can do it in your street. You can do it on your walk to work and your walk to the shops. Even when you get out of your car, you're bound to see a cigarette butt on the floor. Like, you've got yeah. some gloves for you, pop it in the bin. You know, like, you can do it absolutely anywhere, just as little as you can. And if you don't want to do that, have a look at our Two Minute Solutions campaign because that's all about different choices we can make in our daily life as well. Yeah, Excellent. Okay.
2: Yeah, well, we'll definitely uh, get that on our social media and, uh, yeah, the podcast. Yeah, hopefully we'll get that message out to people as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on and letting me ramble on for the last hour. Well, yeah,
0: thanks, thanks very great. much for so thank, on.
2: thank you for your time as well. well
0: thank you.
2: <laughs> okay. Take care, guys.
0: Well, we're back. And, uh, well, that's really good, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was such a positive, happy, well, message isn't it, and a very simple message that's transferable to anybody in any walk of life as well
0: yeah yeah it is and um you know you're right you've got to keep positive about it because you kind of think that's well, a big it is a big issue and um but if we all keep you know chipping away yeah. at it, doing what we can do you know hopefully at some stage the uh the powers that uh, be that govern us or will put pressure on these companies to hopefully, you know, make make improvements and things.
2: Yeah, like I think, and that's the one thing that's kind of hit home a bit from her message. It, it was positive and it wasn't about, oh, doom and gloom and, all. Oh, there's so much litter in the sea and so much on the beach. It is about what little effort you can do no matter what, even if it is picking up three cigarette butts. It's something. Yes.
0: Yeah, 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 it is.
2: Yeah.
0: Education yeah. is a lot of it. Uh, i think christina said that and um and and it is i think it's true it's um i think education getting to the kids uh education people um who don't who do stuff and don't realize the effects it has yeah and
2: and it's not it's not a thing to shame people into or blame because that won't achieve anything It, it is about doing something good, being positive about it. And hopefully that positivity will.
0: If a fisherman, and, um we could look, apply this to other sports, but I'm just picking one. But if a fisherman lets go an off cut of line, because mm-hmm. he doesn't see it as any issue, but doesn't see where that ends up in a hedge or something like that, until somebody actually tells them and says, yes. you know what that could happen. How will they know unless they see it? So, you know, you know, it, that is the, things like that. Um, yeah. But I think it's a really good message. And uh, I think there might be, I think it'd be worth having a word with uh, Gary uh, mentioned about June and see if we may. Yes, yeah. Definitely. And yeah.
2: And, and any listeners listening, if you're doing a beach clean, then consider using the hashtag hashtag two minute, be- minute clean. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, two minute foundation. It's everything like that all helps with spreading the message
0: out there it is that's what it's down to at the the end of the day so uh yeah thank you very much claire for coming on
2: yes yeah very good
0: yeah really good really good positive message and i think she's going to have fun going around the country and uh northumberland and birmingham uh spreading the message so uh that's going to be good Hmm. get out there so uh, she's doing the right thing yeah a
2: little uh, tour around the uk
0: spreads the message yeah Um, Right, well we had a little (laughs) tour last night, didn't we?
2: Pardon? We had a little tour, yes. (laughs) We did, to the south of the country, to Portsmouth and back.
0: Been a bit tired today, um, because we were in uh, Portsmouth, the historic port of Portsmouth.
2: We were, Maritime Heart of the UK. Yeah,
0: invited to the launch um, reception of the 4D experience at the Mary Rose Museum.
2: Yeah, so the four D experience is dive um, the
0: dive the Mary Rose.
2: Yeah, it's a a, a kind of a cinema production, a very short film, but it's interactive. So you sit in a seat that moves, yeah, yeah. So and you see uh, there's a bit of narration at the beginning about the uh, finding of the Mary Rose, and then you sit in the seats and you actually go on a dive down to the Mary Rose and see. Uh, the what they do down there, and then actually the rising of the Mary Rose as well,
0: yeah. And for our listeners, there's some uh familiar voices. So, uh, Alex Hildred, she speaks on it, does not she? Yeah. yeah, she does. Uh, Ross Kemp, he, mm-hmm. narrate, he uh, narrates on it, and so does Dame uh,
2: Judy Dash. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah, and it was a very good film, and it uses really high tech uh technology at the moment, so so. Yeah.
0: bubbles, weren't they? Bubbles, yeah, I, I thought <laughs> that was really cool. And actually it's a bit weird actually. When you look through the bubbles, looking at this a four D uh three D screen, yeah. yeah which has got bubbles on, and you actually got bubbles in the in front of you, <laughs> everyone had their hands out going it's trying to catch the bubbles,
2: were <laughs> Yeah, so it was a uh, very good. And I think it even great... the
0: mayor. That was the mayor who was in <laughs>
2: Yes.
0: I thought I saw the mayor trying to catch the bubbles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was great to see so many people supporting the Mary Rose Trust um, at the evening event. Uh, there yes. were speeches and we got to talk to... Uh, Some characters. Yeah, four people um, that actually were original divers on the Mary Rose project.
0: Yeah, and one of them... He was 82 and he was he's still diving.
2: Yeah, it was amazing still wasn't it? diving. Yeah, just amazing characters you come across um at these events.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and
2: then we had a wet wild drive all the way back to four, <laughs> East Anglia. <yeah>, yeah. <laughs> so half yeah.
0: past two, wasn't it? I got back half yeah. past two, you got back yeah. at what time?
2: Just before three, I suppose I jumped oh, wow. into bed. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. yeah, a little bit tired, survived on a three hours of sleep. Yeah, yeah. But definitely very worth it. And uh thank you to the Mary Rose Trust for inviting us and support them and yeah, it was
0: great. Saw yeah. some warships, didn't we? We saw um uh more the, the victory, of course, which is having is actually undergoing a load of work.
2: Yeah. Uh
0: always amazing to see that ship. It's
2: stunning, uh, yeah.
0: HMS Warrior, uh, another um old war warship. Yeah, that's
2: and quite then, a big one, isn't it? A long one. Yeah.
0: And then there was another warship there but I don't know what the name of that one was but the aircraft carrier that was in.
2: yeah, And that's Um, just amazing the the size of it is just you can't comprehend it.
0: I think that was the Prince of uh, the Prince of Wales I think that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah it's an interesting place Portsmouth full of history and so much to see so if you are in the UK definitely put it on your list of um, places to go. If you're it's a great place for the summer holidays We'd take the children to um keep them occupied around the museum it's great for um you know interactive stuff with children go on tours around the harbour great beaches hailing island had a little tour yep. there. Hailing yeah. Nice, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah
0: hello to team last in uh, <laughs> so, uh yeah it's uh all good so it was a good day um if you listen to this don't forget leave us a five-star review it helps us and it helps your dive buddy finds us uh if they're looking for a diving podcast yeah Okay. so uh
2: tell your friends, uh, friends as well hey, thanks, spread the message yeah. um there's over 140 episodes to listen to so you...
0: <laughs> that's going <good laughs> to be i think this could be another question actually for our for our guests is, how, many uh, how, many how many of our episodes have you actually li- have you listened <laughs> to? And the minimum requirement to come on is 12 <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you haven't listened to any <laughs> no. how
0: many of you listened to <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, same. But yeah, there's lots of variety there, lots of different guests with different stories, um, but all very inspiring to scuba divers, but also to people that don't dive that maybe are thinking about it or have just got an interest in the underwater world. Um, Absolutely. You will always take something away from every podcast we've recorded, I think. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've got the weekend ahead of you, hopefully oh no no the week ahead of you because this will be coming out on a monday so yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. so uh, listen to one a
2: day plenty
0: (laughs) of commuting time if you commute and to uh have a listen and uh there we go don't forget to subscribe
2: yeah so that was the big scuba podcast
0: excellent that's it that's a wrap see you soon bye now that does wrap up today's episode of the big scuba podcast but If you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way, you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do... Please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.